the black rocks and revolution. Samurai punk feminist solution. White noise, your audio pollution. This is not a test. Calling all your slaves to the grind. Coming out your grace for the mind. Had eyes, but still you are blind. This is not a Right here. You over there. This is episode 18 with Dan Jankar. And, um, you want to get in and listen to this one for sure. It's the story of growing up and loving something, music. And then thinking that you need to get a real job to make money. And so, uh, this is like a rags to riches to, you know, kind of proverbial story. And, um, Jan really, uh, Dan really got hooked on music in 82, seeing Elton John in Toronto when he was uh, eight years old. And um, he went through music school and then decided to do work in the automotive industry for years and hated it. I wanted to do music. And it's, um, it's, a, it's a totally interesting story. It's a story that many of us can relate to. And uh, it has a happy ending because, as you'll see, as you listen to the podcast, it has a very happy ending. And uh, one of the cornerstones of Dan and about teaching is um, the word he uses is manifestation. When he really gets excited and motivated when students get excited about music and he can change their lives that way through music. They don't have to do music for a living, but they, you know, throughout their life, but they get to connect with something when they're younger. And um, something I didn't know, there's a lot of, in younger kids during the pandemic, they were having a lot of emotional and, I guess a lot of, I'm not sure there's emotional problems, but anyways, Dan turned into a bit of a psychiatrist during that, that time teaching online. And um, you want to listen to what he has to say, it's really quite interesting. All right, Dan's Jan Carr, this one's for you, buddy. Let's get into it. So, Dan, let's... Uh, hmm? Sounds great. Whatever you want to talk about. All right, so, Dan, let's go back to the beginning. Where is sort of music? Where does music start for you? Uh, music starts for me... Well, I mean, I'm Gen X, so we were, we were the uh, to-be-seen-but-not-heard generation kind of thing, so... I just, I, I remember, you know, my mom raised me on her own. Uh, my father was never in the picture. So my mom had an incredible record collection. And I remember distinctly just spending hours and hours sitting. Remember the old Sennheiser headphones with the yellow foams? Yeah. Remember those those old, old school uh, headphones? I would just be plugged into that having having music blasting in my headphones being quiet by myself at this record player right our stereo system and just going through all the albums that my mom had you know i i was fascinated by music period um and she was a big elton john fan but she had a lot of other uh a lot of other records too so i think that's probably when i first I first heard the saxophone and I remember distinctly going to my mom go, what is that? And it was, um, Clarence Clemens, E street band. 
It's one of one of those uh, one of those uh, Bruce Springsteen tunes where he just comes out and that sax just sounded like it was on fire. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I'm in sound. And I just remember, oh yeah, well I gotta like I gotta find a way to play that, right? So I guess that's that's how I kind of got interested in music. Um, also, too, for a while we lived down in um, Stony Creek with my uncle, uh, my aunt and uncle, and and cousin. And it was an old. Um, it was in Stony Creek. It was an old, like winery kind of place. So it was like an old farm that had tons of grapevines, obviously. And um, my uncle had kind of taken the where they process the grapes and everything. He made it into like a mechanic shop. And uh, so that was weekends, right? It was throw this, literally put the speakers in the window, put on a, an album and play it like full on. And then when it got to the end, somebody would run upstairs, flip it over, boom, hit it again. A side, B side of all these albums. And my uncle used to go every Friday and buy two records every without without fail two lps and that would be the weekend man like front to back over and over again still to this day i hear a song that's on the b side of something and i'm knowing the lyrics and people are going at me like what is that all about like what, how do you even know this song it's like it's on the b side of some old record i just know it because i listened to it front and back so many times so i guess that's kind of where it started for me the the spark of of music um, and then when I was about seven, seven or eight, I got to go to my first concert and it was Elton John. And I remember, I remember this. Elton John, how, how old were you? In, what year would that have been? 80, I want to say 82 or 81. I think it was 82 though. So I'm born in 74, right? Well, that would still be pretty early. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it's still like, you know. I remember uh, getting side eye like people. Who brought this kid here? You know what I mean. And he blows eardrums out at this concert at Maple Leaf Gardens, right? But I just remember. Do you guys remember a band called Toronto? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. They opened for uh, Elton John that on the first concert I ever went to. And uh, I so thought Tron they were great too. They were Toronto was a female-led band, the singer and the guitar yeah, they, player, Holly Woods. Yeah, and, they, and when they, Dan, they were they were they were big when the Headpins. It was Toronto and the Headpins. They were both at the same time. So uh, Stony, so the so my the people outside of Ontario and Canada, Stony Creek is the beginning of the uh, the area for wine growing, and like it's the number one wine growing area in Canada. Yeah, uh, it's, not, it's not Lake Ontario. It's not, yeah, it's not quite uh, what do they call it? Niagara on the Lake area. It's, not, it's just at the beginning of the the beginning of uh, the whole. Yeah. You go down um, the QEW, and that's all till Buffalo. That's all uh, wine, vine. I think it's vine like country, country, Canada. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Just so you know the was, background. Yeah, and it was just like, it was just one of those things. And even when we didn't live there, we'd go there every weekend from Toronto yeah. to my uncle's place, and it would be the same thing, right? But, uh, yeah, back to the um, Elton John concert, I just remember, you know, Toronto 
Toronto opening up, you know how bands, how bands always like the opening acts never as loud. And so I remember watching them and going, wow, this is so cool. And then when Elton John came on, <laughs> yeah, he just like, and it starts with like he opened with funeral. I think he still does that to this day, but he opens with funeral for a friend. Love lies bleeding in that organ. When that kicked in, I was just like, what is happening here? It felt like it, it felt like the organ and everything was going right through my body. And I was just like, I was hooked, man. That was it. I said, one of these days, that's I got to do this. Like, this is what I have to do. I have to be a musician and, you know, have fun playing loud gigs on stage and stuff. Okay, right? so, so even playing wind instruments then from the beginning, it's not like... It's not like you got hooked on the guitar and then, oh, I'm going to go play horn. Well, it's funny because uh, for a sax player, I own quite a few guitars. Um, But, yeah, my my cousin played guitar, and I always looked up to him. He's five years older than me. And, uh, you know, I was always always into guitar, too. But when, when I heard Clarence in that horn, I think probably about three or four years later was the first opportunity in school to get an instrument, you know, at back in those days, they would start us at about grade six. Right. Yeah. So I remember they asked, they asked everybody to fill out a one, two, three order of your top three instruments that you want to play. So they showed us all the instruments. This is a trumpet. This is a trombone. This is that. And then when the sax came up, I was like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's Clarence Clemens. That's what he plays. <laughs> and uh, so I, I I put on my paper number one saxophone, number yeah. two saxophone, number three saxophone. <laughs> and what yeah. did I get? The clarinet. <laughs> I should have said clarinet. Maybe they would have given me saxophone. But <laughs> sa- sa- they only had two saxophone per per class, right? Back in the yeah. days, right? So for the first year and a half, I was on clarinet and, uh, you know, still loved it. You know, it was like, it's something new. It's like an instrument and you got to put this thing together and it's in your care and control. And it was like, you just, you know, it was like, it was like the projects where they give you the egg and you got to keep it for a week without breaking it and bring it back. <laughs> That's what I felt like with that clarinet, man. It was just like guard it with my life all the time. And I think I still take that forward into most instruments that I own um kind of kind of like that with it but but yeah the journey like kind of you know i went to the Tobacco school of the arts and um you know when you they're asking us as a music major sorry and uh i think about grade 10 is when you started learning second instrument and and that was guitar for me i already knew how to play it somewhat um and i basically just took it so i could like jam out on guitar and, and you know i'm a it's weird because i'm a i'm a i'm a woodwind instructor i play flute clarinet saxophone mainly and but boy howdy do i love to play some metallic on guitar you know what yeah. i mean it's like it's just like that's that sweet release kind of yeah um anything like that pantera like i'm I, I went to, I saw Pantera Live, White Zombie, like, I've seen a lot of heavy, heavy shows for a woodwind guy, right? So, I don't know, it's it, it's kind of, it's kind of a cool balance, because when I just feel like letting her rip and blowing off steam, that's when I'll strap the guitar on and crank it to 11 and go nuts, 
right? So they got you know Metallica's still putting out. They just put they just put an album out now. Yeah, I know. And like, I know. It's forty years later, and it's still really really heavy. Yeah, I know. It's, it's like it's awesome gear changing. You know, downbeat switch gears. You know, switch time signatures. It's all bizarre. Like it's like uh, it's like m mixing Rush with like you know core metal or something like that. Yeah. They still they still kind of switch things up all the time. Yeah. Okay, so sure. uh so did you go through school with that or did you just go on to something else in school? So I like to, like, Topical School of the Arts was a four year well or five. It was back in the day when you still went to grade thirteen or whatever, right? In Canada they had the OECs, you had to do thirteen yeah. five years yeah. for you. Exactly, university. yeah. So I, I managed to like I was the kid that hated everything except for music at school. Uh, luckily, like, you know, I think I got about 12 of my credits to my to my diploma are, are all music credits, right? Because that school was allowed to do that because they specialized. But, um, yeah, I just, um, I, I, I went through that program and then I had, I had um, auditioned for Humber College and got Where, accepted. Where's Humber again? Is it in Hamilton? No, it's down in uh, Toronto. So yeah, sorry, back, back. I'm back in Toronto at this point. I only lived in Stony Creek for a couple of years. So in, in, in Ontario, Ontario, Humber is like a big music school. Uh, yeah, and college, they had, sorry. They, yeah, they had a couple campuses down at Kipling and Lakeshore, and then up at uh, Finch and Twenty Seven or something. Whatever, it's in the core. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I I was kind of pushed into it. My teachers at the at uh, um, the Tobacco School of the Arts, where like you, you got to audition, you got to audition. So I, I pre prepped an audition and did it, and but it was because you know my mom was a single mom, and I figured I started having like those you know adult you know thoughts come into my head that hey man, like where are you gonna play? Even if you become the best musician in the world, like where where are you gonna play? You know, like. It was already getting to that time where it was hard to find gigs as it was. And I thought, okay, if I go to school for the next, you know, two, two, three, I can't remember how long the program was. I think it was two back then. I think they stretched it to four now. But uh, I'm going to go there. I'm going to amass all the student loans and stuff. I, you know, I better, I better just, like, bite the bullet and start learning a trade, Right. So, you know, cars always kind of interest me. A lot of my cousins and uncles were all into fixing cars and stuff. So it kind of came naturally to me to, to go that way. As a hobby, I enjoyed it. Um, working in the industry, I hated every second of it. As it was every second you were there, it was one second away from music, right? So that kind of uh, ate uh, at me a long time. Well, wait a minute. Um, back, back. I, hey, Dan, can you back up? I don't understand. What did you hate? Uh, sorry, I hated uh, automotive. Yeah. Ev yeah, every second of working in the automotive industry. Uh, oh, okay. So, so what I did is I went, I, I went to school for to become a, an auto body mechanic. Wow. And I was like, I apprenticed. I did that course, and then I apprenticed my first year. Kind of like got screwed over with my apprenticeship hours as I was working for a high-end body shop that was doing a lot of insurance work 
but they had nobody licensed in the shop. I don't know how they did it, but uh, nobody could sign for my hours. And I'd worked there for a year and the, and the boss kept putting me off. Oh yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. We'll do that. Well, I finally walked in his office and said, I can't go anymore unless you fill this out. And he says, I don't have a license. And I went, you know, kind of freaked out, backed my, backed my vehicle into the bay of the, the shop, loaded up my tools and split. That was the last time I worked in the auto body industry. So from there, I went to driving a tow truck and like my journey's so weird, you know, like back in and out of music kind of thing for me. But basically I spent, you know, 15, 16 years because I wanted to own a house and, and get married and all this stuff. And so I spent, I, I, I did the adult thing and, you know, worked hard over time, made, made good money, got into the housing market. And then years later it was like, okay, we're, we're kind of good. And, and we don't, we don't need to be working this many hours. We're, we're kind of set. Our mortgage is very low. Uh, our bills are fairly reasonable and, and all this, and we don't really have any debt. So my wife decided to go back to school at 40 to become a veterinarian technician. And I said to her, when you're done that, it's my turn. Because I don't want to drive for a living anymore. I don't want to work for anybody else. I don't want to do that, you know. I don't want to do this stuff. I've done it long enough, driving trucks and tow trucks and everything else and, and, and stuff. So when she finished her course, I went and um, got my level eight Royal Conservatory of Music. Because I, at this point, I mean, at age 42, it's not like I can afford to go to university for four years and get my Bachelor of Music, right? Right. So, uh, so I, I don't, I mean, I never played any classical stuff before ever, but I don't recommend just going to level eight, you know, starting there. I mean, that's, it, it was kind of a brutal go. It was an eye opener for me. And so I went and got it, I got accredited basically so I could teach in the, the, the Long and McQuaid system. Okay. So that's and, sort of, so that's where we were sort of heading to, um, what is it, you know, that you like about, like, what is it about Dan that likes to educate in music? Well, it's just, it, it's it's funny because not a lot of, there's not a lot of stuff that kind of gets me excited. I'm a very, like, even-tempered kind of, you know, nothing, not a lot rattles me. I don't, I don't necessarily, I guess I do freak out once in a while. I mean, when, when I'm pushed to it, but nothing seems to either overexcite me or, you know, whatever, uh, or, or rattle me. So, but when I'm teaching, it's a, it's like a, you get that kind of excitement, that rush, especially when the, when the student starts getting it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay, like, yeah. There, yeah. There's, the, there's the usual kind of period in the beginning where it's like, it's so hard. Everything's so hard. You know, they got to learn yeah. when to breathe, when to, when to blow, how to, how to tongue the reed and all that. Like, it's like they're juggling 10 balls at the same time. And it's very, fr it's very yeah. frustrating and very hard in the beginning. Yeah. Right. So, but when they start getting it, yeah, it's like, it, it's a great feeling. Like it really is. It's like, okay, I, you know, this person, I, I, they have a talent for this. And somehow I was able to get them to manifest it. 
in, in, in some sort of way. Well, what, what, so, wait, what was that where you got them to manifest it? Yeah, yeah. it's like I, some some somehow I, you know. So that's I, maybe, I, you know, that's maybe something, the magical part you have in your life. Yeah. Because you're able to, um, through that channel of music and education, sort of, uh, what's the word? I'm like, Al, can you help me here? Uh, it's sort of like brings like stuff into focus. Right well, there. you're you're basically imparting uh, your gift, or you're or you're 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 enabling the gift in the person you're teaching. So I mean, it's like they've come alive. So that that would be a rush. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah. And that that's exactly it. And, and of course, you know, you you fall you fall into the 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 situation sometimes where you know you would think that a parent is just kind of dropping a student off just so they had a half an hour to themselves to go do something else. Right. I feel sometimes the odd student I get, I feel like I'm, I might be just babysitting here. Right. <laughs> kind of thing because the, the kid really has no interest. Um, and, and, and it's unfortunate because I look at those students and I go, I know what's happening here. You, your parents are pushing you into it or trying to keep you in it. You have no real interest and, you know, I'll be honest with the parent at that point and go, you know, we're going to torture each other for a half an hour a week if if he's not into it and I'm frustratingly trying to, you know, get something out of you. But I don't, I don't say ever tell them to quit. I tell them, try a different instrument. You know, go through, like, oh, yeah, okay. listen... We, we've done saxophone. You don't really like it. Um, why don't we try clarinet or flute? Uh, okay, good. You don't like those. How about ukulele? How about guitar? And then that's the end of what I teach. So then after that, it's like, why don't you try piano? Or or if they don't have any interest, like I always do the whole show and tell. Here, this is a flute, you know, and this is a saxophone. Or, do, any interest? And if the kid's like, I just want to play guitar. Right. Okay. Well, let's do that. Or sometimes, you know, I'll be sitting in a lesson. I'll just stop and I'll look at the kid and go, "Do you do you like this at all?" And they just, no. Right. So my goal is to not. I want them to walk away for a while and think about coming back to music or simply changing to an instrument that they would like better. Right. Do you want to try drums? Do you want to try piano? Do you want to try bass? Like we teach all that here. Just go through go through it all and see if there's something that sparks you a little bit more. I don't care if it's not something I teach, right? You know, as long as they're going to stay stay in music or they relax off of music because they're too young, get out of it for a couple of years and then come back with a little bit more appreciation and, and, and excitement for it, right? So, you know, there, there is both sides to that being an educator. Sometimes you feel like a babysitter. Sometimes you feel like a, a, a very underqualified psychotherapist. Uh, I found that during the pandemic because it was just like this of what we were doing now. Um, and, you know, kids were, kids were spending half their time wanting to talk about stuff. Right? And I'm like... I'm not a counselor and I, you know, but I just sit there and listen, right? Listen and, 
try to offer a little bit of, of, of advice or something and, and, you know, try to keep their heads up. Oh, maybe, uh, you, know. you know, maybe music was that channel that, that allowed that. I don't know. I mean, like, I, I again, I don't, <laughs> I don't get too, too heavy into, you know, issues and stuff like that, but there is, there is a lot of mental health problems during the pandemic for, for, for my younger students. Right. The adults were loving it because I don't have to drive to you. I can just sit in my, my pajamas in my house and get a lesson, you know, via this. <laughs> um, but the kids, you know, they, they had too much of it. You know, they were doing all their schoolwork like that and, and, and it took its toll on them. Right. So I find now that they're, they're starting to light up or lighten back up and, and, and get back on, on some sort of track, but they're, they're behind, they're behind a couple of years. And especially in music, I, I have tons of students right now that are, you know, going into high school and they lost two years of band or, or strength. Well, I don't teach the strings, but, um, but they've lost two years of band. So they're like extremely far behind. Right. So now I feel like I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to catch them up. I'm frantically trying to get them up to a, to that level they should have been at. And uh, I do have a lot of students who are, are right into it, right? And those those are the ones I, I, I just love those lessons. Those, those, it could be your last lesson. You just grind, you know, I'm not gonna grind, but you did 14 straight because it's half an hour booking, right? Um, so you've done 12, 14 straight and you're like, oh, I got one more to go, but it's that kid that kid that you know they're coming in and it's like all right let's get at it this this kid like just sucks us up like a sponge it's great um so yeah i mean but it's the 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 good far outweighs the 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 kind of bad stuff in in teaching music for me the vibe and everything at, at what i do is is very kind of casual and loose so you're in a music store all day so one of your students don't show up, guess what? You're walking through a music store and you're staring at, well, it's probably why I own so many guitars. It's from, <laughs> yeah. it's from canceled students and me staring at, oh, that's a beautiful guitar. I think I might have to buy that. But uh, do you teach, uh, I don't know, Columbia, is there a line with Great Stone Cambridge? Yeah, actually, that's the one uh, I do three days a week there, Tuesday, Wednesday, Fridays. Where is it again? Uh, uh, they moved to... Um, used to be over like, on... Uh... Highway, uh, yeah, it was right mall. on Hespler Road. Yeah, by yeah. the mall. Yeah, yeah, that's when. Uh, so Long McQuaid took them over. It was Merch Music. I remember Merch Music. Right. Yeah, and then eventually they Long McQuaid. I, I might be speaking out of school here, but Long McQuaid, I think, is more getting into the real estate business now, right? So, as far as I know that whole strip mall at, at Cambridge in Cambridge uh, on Beverly, they own the whole thing. Right. Uh, so they have their store and then they rent out. It's probably another, I'm going to say seven, eight units. Yeah. Um, it's in, still in the same place then. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so everybody knows Lana Quade is the biggest uh, music supply sort of store in Canada. The Walmart and music stores. Walmart. It's uh, it's in every province, I think. Yeah. I don't know if it's in the territories, but it's definitely it's definitely in any town that's over a hundred thousand people, probably. They, they even have yeah, their, it's, 
Yeah. I would say even even towns less than that, uh, with less than that. There's Tilson. How many people are in Tilsonburg? They got one in Tilsonburg, right? They, they even have their own trucks that have their own logos and everything. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. But they, that, they they have a five ton or a couple five tons. That that's what they do. They do pickups from their stores and back, you know, from the warehouse distributing and and exchanges from one store to another. You you buy something at one store, it's not anywhere near you. Uh, two days later, it's in your store. This is one of those truck drivers picked it up. Right, right so they get, you, they're still in an era where you can go there and get something off the shelf. Like, you can go there. Yeah. And, you know, you get a, I mean, you can order online, but you can also go there. Yeah, um, exactly. So, the, um, okay, so just, uh, I got like seven minutes left. Uh, so I think sounds like with music education for you is, um, it looks to me like you're passing on. There's a lot in you that says I'm passing on, you know, wisdom. Um, what was the word you used earlier? What was the word you Manifest. used? Manifesting. So th yeah. those are really important things in music and, and as Dan. That would be I, I like a core. Realistically, all I'm doing is trying to trying to get the student excited about about the instrument whatever that instrument happens to be and um just mine mine the talent right like give give them all the tools give them all the necessities the basics the fundamentals um and you know watch them watch them start succeeding right and wake up the gift that's within yeah exactly that's exactly it and and honestly like i know I know a lot of my students are just, you know, they're into music because it looks good on their, um, what do you call it, the college resumes and stuff like that. And but at the same, you know, at the same time, those students have a lot of fun. They get a lot of enjoyment and a lot of enrichment from from playing an instrument, even if they're not going to really carry it forward in into adulthood. Um, I think those music classes will always be something they look at of course if they enjoy it um but they'll they'll look at that fondly right um and probably get their kids to do the same thing you know when it's time get them get them into music because they were right and yeah. let's face it you 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 start teaching a kid music from you know age six or seven their their IQs are a few points higher than the ones that aren't, right? I think that I think there's a lot of people that regret they did they don't and they get older they they didn't want they didn't stay in music because uh like I'm gonna assume that if you're an auto you know an auto you wouldn't be excited about teaching somebody auto like how to body shop something the no. the emotion wouldn't be there and yeah. so I think it just stems from listening to the early albums and, and having a not everybody does it but you do and that connection to music is really really strong and so that so th that education stuff allows you to pass it on in a way you get paid as well right uh, yeah i mean <laughs> it, it's not it's it's not the most lucrative uh, yeah. uh like <clears throat> let's let's face it trying to make money off of music is probably one of the most ridiculous ways to make a living <laughs> right let's yeah. let's face it uh, yeah. I, I I I consider myself pretty fortunate and blessed to 
<clears throat> to be able to do what I'm doing now. Um, I'm, it's at a point where I don't need to make a ton of money, right? Like I don't, I don't have to work the 12 hour days and, and get a side hustle and all this stuff. Um, the way my wife and I are kind of set up in the house we're in, we're in a very small house, you know, 700 square feet, easy peasy to take care of, lots of time to do our, you know, whatever it is we want to do. Um, and, and mine is music, right? So it's, it's, it's funny because music's my job and it's my kind of hobby. I think that's well. a lot of so people that are in music are like that. Yeah. You know, uh, it's kind of, it's a, it's a, it's a way of life. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it, I, I, for a long time I didn't play, you know, and it, it was just like, it always felt something wrong, something missing, you know, in, in that respect. Um, so yeah, I, I, I to, to be able to, to say like where I came from, you know, what I was doing for a living and then what I'm doing for a living now, I would have never like, if you, somebody told me this is what's going to happen in your life, this is, this, this is, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. That's, that's ridiculous. Right. There's no way that's going to happen. I'm going to be driving these trucks and you know, blah, 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 or whatever for the rest of my life. And, and which is fine. I mean, but I, I still like, I was, I was missing it. You know, I was just missing that music. Cause it seemed to me like if I was doing those jobs, it was just, didn't have time for music whatsoever. Right. So, you know, you get, you know what it's like, you drive for 12 hours, 13 hours or whatever. And you, you don't feel like picking up a guitar after that. When you get home, you know, been bouncing around in a, on an air ride seat and, you know, in, in a cab of a truck all over the city or, or whatever. It's like, that's, you know, you get home, you just want to crawl into bed, you know, pretty much. Okay. So then, so, yeah. So, um, so you sort of, uh, said that, um, so you would agree then that you're grateful for what's going on in your life now then? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, to, 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 I, I'm doing a, 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 I, as far as I'm concerned, dream job. <laughs> and, and I also get to <clears throat> perform and play gigs and do shows and, you know, it's, it's all, it's all good, you know, like, um, the band is is doing doing pretty good. We're just about to release a new CD, and so you know this is all afford you know somehow affords me the time to to do the band stuff too, right? To to help with the managing and bookings and organizings and yada yada. So it's perfect for me. Like you know, I I, I typically don't work more than a six hour day. You know. That's that's but probably the, the seven hours maybe at, at the top. So I mean, I think most people are are struggling doing eight to ten, 10 to twelve hours just to make ends meet. I, I I have to look at that and go, I I I got the best job in the world. How did I? How did this happen? You know, this is great. Um, so yeah, again, very blessed, very fortunate, and very appreciative of my my situation now. Okay, so I get. Uh, we got less than a minute here, so I, I uh, we came to do what we wanted to talk about here is you know the connection between music and education, sort of not not how but why Dan does it. So that was great. Alan, you got oh. anything to add? No, it's great. I mean, he's uh, he's uh, mining the talent that's within. 
and uh, when it, when he's when he witnesses it coming alive it's a rush and 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 uh, you know so that it's what what a great what a great life to to see people come alive yeah yes. for totally for sure very rewarding um i think that's sure. the nugget that sort of sort of i'm getting from dan is that sort of i love that word i've never heard that word before a manifestation of sort of somebody coming alive like somebody something that you know that you have in yourself that you're passing on to somebody else and it just happens to be through education it could have been through yeah. dan playing live as i promised there was a happy ending dan went on to um leave his work trucking and the automotive industry went straight back into teaching music full-time playing in bands and um really quite inspirational it's um heartwarming he loves what he's doing and uh his life so thank you dan for sharing sharing with us on to the next one